Welcome back to Better or Worse Than Transformers, where we take a TV show or a movie and tell you whether it's better or worse than the most mediocre movie ever made, Michael Bay's Transformers. I'm your host, Joseph. With me are my co-host, Ian. Hey, what's up, guys? And Christian. Hey, how's it going? TJ Miller, when did you get in the room? (laughs) Uh, It's been a long week. (laughs) A long week. Nice little gruff to your voice. I like yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely, I think if I were to go into voice acting, this would be my stick. This is what I would do all the time. It's arguably better than your regular voice. It's more interesting. I actually would agree with that as well. Like, I, I would be okay if I sounded like this all the time, but it hurts to speak. You sound this like an be, old, old good fisherman, thing we're fisherman only... grandfather. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I sound more like an old woman than an old man, but yeah. I, I don't know why, but I just had this image of like, I was like, yeah, I just sound like Ursula right now. And why does in the world does Ursula sound this way under the water? I don't, I don't know, but Ian, you got any news, man? Whoa, hang on. Before we get into that, this week, we're going to be starting off our April Marvel Spectacular. Oh, yeah, that's a good name. Thank you. Oh, I also want to trademark. Call it, I'm also calling it Infinity War for Dummies. I'm I'm using all the titles in the world. I'm fine with that as well. That's also good. Where we're going to go back through in in honor of Infinity War, which is coming out in the last week of this month on the April, April 27th. 27th. April 27th. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go back through the 18 fucking Marvel movies that have uh, come up to this. Is point. there 18? There's 18. Isn't that crazy? That is yeah, it is crazy. It's a, lot. Um, it's a decade it's of a lot films. Of it, is, it is a decade of films. And tell you, in, in just in case you haven't been like us and, and most of the world and seen every single one, we're going to go back through and uh, tell you what happens in each of them and what might be relevant for Infinity War coming up. Before we get into that, Ian, you want to get us started in some of the news this week? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a light week. We, we don't have much. The one thing we wanted, one of the things is um, Infinity War came out with a new TV spot. And it kind of highlights Wakanda. It's, and It's definitely le- reactionary. Le- yeah, it leans into Black Panther pretty good. Okoye gets a, a really good line about Starbucks and the Olympics, which I like. I think his movie's going to be funny. And, and T'Challa leads the chant, which is just fucking awesome. He's, yeah. like, he's like standing in front of all the tribes of Wakanda and, and like leading a, a big war chant, and it's really yeah, fucking cool. Yeah, and Baku's in there, which is cool. I don't know. I'm at the point now I don't want to watch anymore because I don't like that. I like that you saw Captain America meet Bucky, but I kind of want to see that. In the context, yeah, of the, the movie. whole scene, and I keep I keep saying that I don't want to see anything else, but every time I see something else, I get more excited yeah, about it. Yeah, it looks true. so good. I try to stay away, but in the moment, like you know, like you said, you'd be like, "Oh, a new TV spot," and you just naturally like, "Oh, I have to see this." Like yeah. it's mandatory, and you watch it, and you're like, oh, "I really wish I had waited." Like I just, we're so close now, three weeks out. But it's um, yeah, it's short. There's not. I think there's a couple. There's a shot with Scarlet Witch. Looks like he's fighting uh, Proximity Midnight, which is one of the Thanos's Black Order. Like he's got like a gang kind of thing with him, and it looks like they're probably going to split up and go out different Avengers. But we had seen Ebony Maw in the last one going at Doctor Strange, and this one it looks like yeah, Proximity Midnight is going to go after Black Widow at some point. I think they're all hunting for Vision. One of those is Peter Dinklage. I think is what I'm hearing. He's definitely in the movie in some I, capacity. I hear there's like a th- there's like a CGI big goony guy that he might be playing mm. as one of Thanos's, and these are all I guess what I read is they're all like his children, kind of like um, Gamora and Nebula were, yeah. but they like yeah. while they got away, these ones didn't. Like the adopted where he killed he, their entire that's what, home exactly. World and... So like Gamora would be on the black hand if she was like still with Thanos. Yeah. Oh Makes man, sense. are we gonna get like a, a flashback of when she might have been on that team? Oh, I think so. One hundred percent. Because they have that one where her, he like adopts her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's actually going to be pretty cool. Can we see Nebula before she was an android? Nebula goes out in this movie for sure. Yeah, you think so? I think it gives it... He's got to take out some people, man. Oh, he's... Because you know how at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, she goes, says, I'm going after Thanos? Well, it looks like 
he's gonna get the power stone either early in the movie or before it starts. Maybe he like well, that's actually she met up with him on Xandar at some point. You know, we'll get to it in our phase two review. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that's one of the things I, I wanted to ask about. If, if if the consensus is that he's going after Vision, because if he's going after Vision, does that mean that he has the other ones already? Uh, it looks like he only has two. Well, I mean, that's what it says in the trailer, but... but. It looks like early on, he either before the movie starts, he has a power stone, so he gets it from Xandar, and he's going to get the... the Tesseract. Oh, yeah, the Tesseract from Loki, which was on that ship at the Ragnarok, you know, Sting credit, Mm -hmm. really early on. I think that's where, you know, the whole... I think that's where the movie starts, actually, is Thanos destroying the Guardians. Because you know how the Hulk ends up in Doctor Strange's thing? Someone told me that Loki might send him there with the reality, or the the space stone hmm. he has it because i hear the hulk the hole is like he did an interview i read it somewhere and he's like i'm like chicken litter in this chicken little in this movie i'm down here warning everyone how bad thanos is because i bet you he's seen it in the in the beginning where uh-huh. like the ship with the all the asgardians i bet you thanos wrecks them i like to imagine that the- so like he's the one who's convinced an iron man and yeah. all these hey this guy's like serious i like, like to it. imagine that he, that thanos punched the hulk out of him i think that's possible whoa no i think that's that's I've read that. That's probably what's going to happen. I think that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. That is crazy. Punches him right down to earth. You know what I mean? That'd be crazy. What else we got? Um, what's going on with the box office? Yeah, the box office. Um, A Quiet Place opened up. It's like the new horror movie directed by John Krasinski. With, um, his, with his real life wife, Emily Blunt. Yeah, and it opened to $45 million, which is good. Uh, second place is Ready Player One. It, it's doing really well, and it's making a lot of money in China. They love those fucking video games over there. Black Panther overtook Titanic for long-term domestic, you know, U.S. money. So I think the only two movies now it hasn't beaten is uh, Avatar and Force Awakens. So it's, like, made the most. Yeah, I I, I think it'll probably end its run here soon. I don't, I don't, maybe Marvel will want to compete with itself but yeah no it's it, yeah i think it's gonna end i wouldn't be su- i wouldn't be surprised if it's last week is april 20th oh, yeah. and then april 26th last day you see black panther oh right. yeah for sure because yeah it's, we still have it it's making money still. Mm-hmm. um but yeah a quiet place is, is especially getting good reviews uh we're still trying to trying to take trying to watch it but um i'm excited i want to see it it looks really yeah, good it's so good there's no time. There's only Marvel stuff now. <laughs> Didn't you look at what did John, what else did John Krasinski do? Yeah, so this is actually not John Krasinski's first directorial effort. Uh, his first one uh, was a, a movie called Brief Inter- Interviews with Hideous Men, which was uh, it's based off a novel, and it was actually one of like the original movies that was on Netflix streaming when Netflix streaming had no good movies. It's pretty good. It's uh, I don't actually know how to describe it. It's a woman doing a, a feminist-related uh research paper and also trying to like figure out her own personal love life um which sounds terrible but it actually turns out to be a pretty good movie um and he also directed a movie called the hollers which i don't know why i've seen both of these movies (laughs) um but it has a character actress margot martindale the what's the south african guy that's fucking at everything he's in district nine yeah oh i know you're talking about i don't know his name though yeah, it's going to hurt me. Richard Jenkins is in it. And I, I want to say John Mayer, not John Mayer, Josh Groban's in it. Whoa. Yeah, it's a weird, they're, they're both weird movies, but they're Charlito, both pretty good. Charlito. Charlito Copley. Charlito yeah. Copley. <laughs> I, speaking of, I want to I give props to Ian. <laughs> I want to give props to Ian, because as someone who edits this on a weekly basis, Ian has a, uh, an almost comic proclivity for mispronouncing names. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he just he just tore through Guillermo del Toro last week, which I have a hard time saying. I have to prep myself for it every time, and I was I was just very impressed with I it. Appreciate I appreciate the kind I words. I wanted there. to let you know. I think you even did like you even like rolled the R at the end. You of might it. have. I don't I, know. I always remember thinking I was like, whoa, yeah, I got really into that. There's some flourish there, but yeah. So also related to John Krasinski, what was the what was the the news you had about the what's fam- Emily Blunt's best movie? I was Edge reading, of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I was reading the list. And I would not go Edge of Tomorrow. What would you And they do? didn't either. They went Devil Wears Prada, which I wouldn't. That's what broke her out. But Sicario is Sicario. the best. Oh, and that is yeah. the only answer right. to the best Emily I mean, Blunt I, movie. I don't think it's the only answer because I still think Edge of Tomorrow is a really, There are a lot of really good movies awesome on there. Movie. And I don't have a problem with saying Devil Wears Prada, but she's not the main person in Devil yeah. Wears Prada. Apparently, she won a bunch of awards for her role in that movie, though. Really? I she's, didn't know that. She was like the breakout. Yeah. yeah, I guess her and I, who's, who's the lady I hate that is in that movie? Meryl like, Streep? Catwoman. Oh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, yeah. yeah. I thought you hated Meryl Streep. No, I love Meryl Streep. fuck are you? No. Yeah, I hate that. I hate Anne Hathaway. I've yeah, heard a lot that. of people do. She I seems heard. awful in real life, and I hate that she won for Les Mis no, you for don't. like 20 minutes of cutting her hair off. That movie... That, as we've had this debate before, <laughs> they're pretty incredible 20 minutes. I, I also want to say this is coming from the same guy who just like five minutes before he started recording... Was was bragging on uh, Sterling K's Brown's uh, performance oh, in uh, in Black Panther, even though he's also only in it for like I watched years. thirty minutes. I was at you know we'll get. To, I watched some of Black Panther, and I fucking love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's like only in the beginning, and then the one scene you can, where you can have a short role that's also very impactful. Yeah, that's I agree. Just, I don't know. I don't even think she's the best. I don't even think that's the. I hate that song. I don't. I don't even. I don't like that song. Oh, just literally. No, literally, so we have on. to move on. Yeah, like, there's getting, no time. I'm getting mad. Love, there's no time. Who's better is um, Sasha Baron Cohen, man. Where's his? Stop like talking. His, just I stop like talking. Better. I uh, Russell Crowe. I like Emily Blunt. I like John Krasinski. Um, uh, while they're doing press for A Quiet Place, someone approached them because both of them have a history with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily Blunt was like the number two choice for Black Widow, I think. And John Krasinski was like made it really far in Captain America, like auditioning for Captain America, like to the point where he put on the costume. Like they were doing screen tests. Did you hear the story? Like if Chris Evans had said no, it was going to be John Krasinski. I heard he was on Leno, right? Or I don't know, maybe it was one of the the late nights they still do. Um, It's not Leno. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's I guess it's uh, Jimmy Fallon. Mm. And he was saying he put on the suit and he's like, "Hey, I'm feeling like Captain America, feeling like Captain America." And he's like, "Chris Hemsworth walked by and he's like." Oh, I look, I look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but someone asked him the question if, you know, they could work together, would they both be open to return to Marvel and they play, you know, the Fantastic Four? He'd be Reed Richards and she'd be Sue Storm. And I think that's just awesome fan casting, especially because we've gotten it wrong, you know, like three times now. I would definitely be down for the both of them. I always want him to be a superhero. Yeah, he, he would be cool. He, I really like, like I said, I was telling you, like, I don't like when Tom Hiddleston kind of beefed up and tried to do the alpha thing in, like, the King Kong movie. I didn't buy it. But him beefing up for, like, Jack Ryan and, and in this movie. 13 hours. Like, he just looks legit. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? I can he, I completely get past the Jim Halpert. You know what I mean? It is weird because a lot of people, when they have those breakout roles, you know, you can never move on from it. But yeah. John Krasinski, I do. I like, buy, he put like, on some muscle and a in. beard, and he looks like a badass now. Yeah. What's, what's the name of the guy who's, uh, who's going to be Shazam? 
who's a, uh, Zachary Levi. <laughs> Zachary Levi. So I just watched uh, an interview with with uh, John Krasinski where he's it's the, that one where you're peeling off the Google searches. Yeah. And one of the questions was, "Is John Krasinski uh, Chuck?" Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 now that we're talking about it, I'm realizing that they're both kind of doing the same thing of of the you know beefing up, trying yeah, to be yeah, more. Yeah. We're gonna find out if Zachary Levi can accomplish the real. same level. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna work out. I don't well. know if it is either. <laughs> yeah, if you follow Zachary Levi on Twitter, he's very like open with his fans on Twitter and um, almost daily someone asked him like what was it like making the office like people mistake him <laughs> and John Krasinski all the time oh, that's funny I mean that's fair yeah no they look very similar I like both Jim and Chuck so and then what you said um, who did you say for Human Torch which was great Zach Efron yeah and that Z- was, I, I would love that Boss was, Logic on he Twitter need, he needs to be like kind of a douchebag and Zach Efron's funny too Zach Efron is funny yeah I, he is we I, Zach Efron's so it's such an interesting thing to me because we completely missed the mark on him. Like originally, mm-hmm. he was like this like little teen heartthrob kind of thing. It turned out he is like an amazing comedy actor. Mm-hmm. He's funny, uh, and everything he's in nowadays, I I really enjoy Zac Efron movies. Well, he's got the, he's got the Ryan Reynolds problem, which is one of the reasons we I think we we've, we've talked about not on this podcast. Uh, that again, I know you guys have both dampened on Deadpool since it came out, but one of the reasons I think Deadpool works better is because he has the mask on because the fact that he's handsome distracts you from the fact that he's also really funny. Be, yeah, but I think the same thing goes for Zac Efron, though it's played really well in uh, in the movie Neighbors. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I totally like that casting. We just need it. We just need a thing. Yeah, I don't have anybody for the thing. John Cena. <laughs> just because he's giant. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still down for bringing. <laughs> still down for bringing Michael Chiklis back and doing that role. Oh, dude, I love the Shield. Don't get me started. Let's not get you the started. The Shield is real fucking good. It's not. But oh, you guys are crazy. Let's don't have time it. for Let's this. Right. No time. Not time. So Toy Story four. Ooh. Which I, I honestly didn't even know that there was going to be a Toy Story 4. Has I know a, I told you the date, but I don't remember what it was. Has a new yeah. release date of June 21st, First? 2019. Yeah, it's just a year away. Probably see something from it when Incredibles 2 comes out, I think. I'm so curious. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess the strength, I feel like the strength of Pixar is they're, they're good at making new properties. And I know mm. they've done sequels before, but I feel like they put a nice bow on Toy Story. They, they yeah. came back... After uh, however many years, like eight, ten years after Toy Story two, I made a really like good. Uh, it was a good yeah. children's movie, but it was also a good not for the people who started on Toy Story. And so I, I don't know why they're coming back to it, but fuck, it, it's probably going to be good. I don't know. The the thing with Pixar is for a long time there were no sequels, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then over the last like fifteen years we've gotten a bunch, and most of them we don't need. I think for a long time the only sequel was Toy Story 2. And I know people crap on it, but Toy Story 2 is still better than... Like, do people crap on Toy Story 2? Yeah. From I like I, Toy Story 2. I do too. I still think it's better than 90% of what comes out in the movies. And it's Toy Story is such an interesting franchise because you have three movies that are all very good. Normally there's one that sucks, but it yeah. doesn't like Empire Strikes Back it. It's not one that's above, cut above the rest. I enjoy all three. Mm-hmm. And like you talk about, the ending... Is perfect in Toy Story. I honestly, and uh, there was the fire part where I thought they were gonna die, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna do it! They're, <laughs> they're just gonna kill them all!" And that's just gonna be. And I was still like on board. I was like, "Okay, this is what it takes. Yes, <laughs> I'm on." And then you know you have the Andy hands them off, and it's just closure. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful way to close out yeah, that story. I don't know what they're gonna do, but like you said, it's they're batting a thousand right now. So uh-huh. 
I'll take it. I'm sure it'll be good. I'll it's, be, yeah, I'll be it's, there. It's probably gonna be good. I, I can't. I can't believe they put that scene in the movie in the first place. The the garbage incinerator yeah, scene because there's literally there's a the, the the two parts of that scene besides like when they get in there in the first place is there's a part where they're all trying to like find a way out and escape, <laughs> and then there's a second part where they all accept their death and just like hold and like hold hands. hands. Yeah. And it's fucking horrifying. That movie came out when I was in boot camp. And, like, basically the entire time I was in boot camp, every day I woke up and be like, man, I still haven't seen Toy Story 3 yet. <laughs> I did eventually, though. I don't Do we have anything else? I mean, there's new solo trailer, but we haven't. It's not out yet yeah, by the time it'll be, it'll be out by the time we publish, but it's not out right now. Uh, the only other thing is I have one more Soulstone conjecture, which... We've posited, what, three? Two or three? Two or three so far, but the, the, uh, the newest one that I've seen... Is uh, so as as we've highlighted already in the promotional material for Infinity War so far, the Soul Stone always has Tony Stark involved, mm-hmm. and you know it could just be because you need to put Tony Stark in there because he's your fucking main guy, or the the theory in this one is that um, Jarvis, which is uh, his artificial intelligence butler and and uh, personal assistant, is somehow either either generated or originally powered by the Soul Stone in the first place. Uh, one, he's the right color scheme because he's always portrayed in kind of like a, a ambery yellow color. And two, uh, you know, in the uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron, the second Avengers movie, he fights the the artificial intelligence developed from the Mind Stone and seemingly wins, I guess, or at least holds him at bay, which. Could be just because Tony Stark is is a uh, is a good programmer, but could also be because he's also generated from from the power of the Infinity Stones. See, but Paul Bettany is Jarvis. Jarvis now is like the vision. And he is Vision. I'm not. I don't, I don't know. That's two soul stones related. Basically, yeah, it'd be the too same much. Character. I think it'd be too much. Like, I mean, it could it could vision. be it but could be a reason that intriguing. he survives. Yeah. After if the soul stone's removed, it could be one of the reasons that Jarvis. Like, yeah, I guess. That's I mean, point. Uh, how would he be able to fight? What was it? The soul stone? No. Which one is he? Which one is Ultron born out of? Mind stone. Mind stone. So it could. I mean, you're right. Like, how else would he survive the the mind stone attack if not for the fact that he'd be powered by another, you know, Infinity Stone? Yeah, unless Tony Stark is that smart. Right. That's interesting. Tony Stark is smart. So um, anyway, then, and, and, you know, obviously that would also, because it's it's Tony Stark's AI butler, it would be a direct connection to, to Tony, Tony Stark, Stark, right? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, very soon. Very soon. It's a good transition. Relatively. So this week we're going to go through the, the Marvel movies so far. That again, there have been 18 of them, which is incredible when I went back and looked at it. They're broken up into phases. Phase 1, Phase 2, and Phase 3, which the end of Phase 3 is, is going to be uh, Infinity War, I believe. No. No? Avengers 4 will be the end of Phase 3. Oh, really? Oh, the yes. second one. Okay. Phase 4 starts with Spider-Man Prom. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, we're currently in... Phase three and and the culmination of what we've been up to so far will be Infinity War. So mm-hmm. close enough. So uh, this week we're gonna break down uh, Phase One for you and and explain to you what exactly. Well, I guess we should probably talk about what Infinity War is and and why we're talking about it in the first place. Yeah. Okay. So Infinity War is really a culmination of everything we've seen so far, which is why I, I think most Marvel fans are so incredibly excited to see it. It's gonna include a lot of different characters, a lot of references. Um, things we've been building towards over the last 10 years, even going back all the way to, to Iron Man 1. And I think the Russo brothers have shown they're pretty good at this. Uh, I, they kind of did this in Civil War when they brought back was it William Hurt mm-hmm. or yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. You know, if, if you enjoyed that kind of stuff uh, and seeing it all tie together, Infinity War is going to be really exciting. On top of that, besides the characters and, and references, 
uh, central driving point in Avengers Infinity War is the collection of the Infinity Stones, which have been introduced all the way back to Captain America First Avenger. There are six, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, there's the... Joseph, you have the list, so you I probably should just read it. That's perfectly fine. There are our six Infinity Stones, the Power Stone, the Space Stone, the Soul Stone, the Reality Stone, the Time Stone, and the Mind Stone. And, and basically, they're all, they all have certain powers. They're introduced in different movies, and we're going to talk about you know what movies they get introduced. They all kind of do different things, but... They can all shoot lasers. The, you know, the gist of it is if Thanos is this alien guy who's trying to get all six on, on this glove-looking thing, and then he can kind of... A, a kind of destroy you know anyone or anything he'll you be control a god, space and time godlike power right and the, and the goal of is that all of the heroes that we've been, been introduced to up to this point all of the avengers and and uh, all of their companions are going to try and stop him from uh, from obtaining that and destroying yeah. the world they've been the macguffins in a bunch of movies and, they are and, they, they are actually macguffins you use that word a lot but these are in this case yeah very and much macguffins and they all have their own kind of thing but we'll go through them all we will yep so uh, we're going to talk about phase one, which is Iron Man one. Yep. So there's a little historical context up to this point. So superhero movies really took off in uh, in the early 2000s. Superhero movies have been around for a while, but I feel like Spider Man, yep. Sam Raimi's Spider Man, and what was that 2001? 2001. I think was was the first like really big. Hey, look, we're we're superhero movies. We're comic book movies, and we're not ashamed about being comic books. Still holds up. I enjoy that movie. It does no, hold up. Not Green Goblin. Um, and you might be wondering because you if, if you're a <laughs> If you're a smart cookie out there, it cost you. <laughs> Spider-Man is a uh, is a Marvel character, so why isn't he part of the Marvel universe? Um, well, that's that's kind of one of one of the big things is in the '90s, Marvel was going through a real bad time, and so just to to stay afloat, they ended up selling a lot of their film rights to their most popular characters, including Spider-Man and the X-Men, which I would very much argue are their their biggest characters. That's how we also got like a Blade movie, a Ghost Rider movie, right. Fantastic Four. And so when in, in 2008 or the early, the, the mid 2000s, Marvel was, was gearing up to start their own cinematic universe. I say that they, they kind of coined the term cinematic universe, but when they decided to start their own movies, they didn't have their big characters. They didn't have, I would argue that the biggest one they had that, that's on this list is Hulk. I would argue that they probably expected that one to be the, at least before the pre-screening, to be the big one. So they end up trying to, to build a superhero team kind of equivalent to the Justice League called the Avengers, but again, without Spider-Man or Wolverine or any of the X-Men. Yeah, and they, they took a bunch of B characters and, and made them household and names. They, yeah, and they made them absolute household the, names. The, the funny thing is the characters they were left with were like Avenger staples, Captain America, Thor, mm-hmm. Iron Man. But it just, they weren't the characters that people were in love with at that time. Um, and, and a lot of that, I think, goes back to the animated series of the 90s, like the Spider-Man animated series, X-Men animated series. For those of us who were kids during that period, we grew up with those shows, we liked those characters. So when they started, you know, when Marvel started tanking, those were what was popular at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what the film studios wanted. Uh, and it, from what I understand, a lot of people considered it suicide for Marvel to start their own production company. Mm-hmm. Of course, now a ton of people are very jealous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they weren't expecting, like, Captain America's hard. That's a hard thing to translate. You know, they got it right pretty much, but, you know, man at a time and all that and how you introduce him. And they've done Hulk, and that failed once before. Yeah. And the Ang Lee so, yeah. before. So, so prior to this, there was also, yeah, an Ang Lee Hulk that was produced by Universal, I think. With um, Eric Bana. That, with Eric Bana, which I stand by is not a bad movie. But it wasn't. It wasn't but, great. But, uh, so yeah. We'll, it's trash. <laughs> we'll come worse, back to worse it. Worse than Transformers. But, but, but they uh, they take their own swing at it. 
Um, so the first one that that they introduce into this into the beginnings of the Marvel universe that we didn't know was the Marvel universe at the time uh, is 2008's Iron Man. Christian, you want to give us a bit of a synopsis? Yep, uh, Iron Man, directed by John Favreau, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow and Don Cheadle. Uh, no, yeah. Not Don no. Cheadle, Terrence, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, that's right. <laughs> that's right, Don Cheadle came in on the side. Yeah. Dude, I honestly forget that Terrence Howard even had that role. Yep, He's I'm, so forgettable. He's very forgettable. Um, <clears throat> He's so mad he didn't stay on his war machine right now. Fuck uh, him. He's an what, asshole. Dude, he, wanted like, he wanted like $20 million or something <laughs> to come back with the second one. But, um, there probably would have been a war machine movie if Terrence Howard would have stayed on. Nah, I, I mean, don't he know. Was, he was he was hustle and flow with famous. Well, back he then. was riding off hustle and flow. <laughs> now he has a TV show. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he's uh, he's powers. Empire, Empire. That's what yeah. it is. Um, so, Iron Man one about the story of Tony Stark, who is attacked in Afghanistan and put in a cave and. Um, very kind of the classic Iron Man story, but with the war on terror twist where he realizes that his weapons are being used by both you know, the quote-unquote heroes and villains in his interpretation of society. And he decides he needs to take matters in his own hands. So he builds the Iron Man suit and becomes a vigilante and has to go against his former advisor in Obadiah Stone. Stain, Obadiah Stain, Stain I think. Uh, who also creates a suit. Ironmonger. Um, I like this movie a lot. I apparently haven't seen it in a long time because I forgot that Don Cheadle <laughs> was, was not in it. It was not yeah. War Machine, but... Um, I, I mean, what I would say about this movie is uh, I don't love this movie. Is it's they The script was written with Robert Downey Jr. in mind. Right. Tony Stark is written as Robert Downey Jr. You yes. know what I mean? Because he is... And, that, and that's the thing to note. Like, it's... You know, he's a playboy, you know, sarcastic, I'm the smartest guy in the room, asshole. I mean, that's his shtick, you know, and that, and they wrote Iron Man of that, and it just, you know, hit a bullseye, you know what I mean? They just, sure did. They just got, they, they caught, you never know if it's going to catch fire, and it was just, mm-hmm. just did really well, and people seemed to love it. Then despite the fact that you seem to have soured on it, most people have not. It, it was, yeah. uh, it was I, very, very well received I'll at say the on the front of this is that I'm not a fan of Iron Man 1 or Iron Man 2. I, I don't like him as the center character. I just think he's too much. His character I mean, can be too much. I like him in the Avengers as a supporting role, but when he's out center, like he's, I don't know, I feel like he's still kind of the lead of the Avengers movies too. Yeah, yeah, but it's still balanced a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he, it, it's it gets a, more balanced over time. Yeah, like it's, it, he, it's a lot. Like Iron Man three with him in that little, you know, we're skipping around, but you know, Iron Man is just he's just a little bit much as the main role for me. I wouldn't backtrack a little bit outside of Iron Man itself and just Phase 1 in general. Of the three phases we've had of movies so far, to me, Phase 1 is probably has the most misses. Yeah, it's it's the worst phase. Marvel was still trying to figure it out. And it's understandable. You're not going to come out getting it all right. But Iron Man 1, to me, is a cut above all the rest, besides probably Avengers. Um it's my favorite Phase One movie. I really, really enjoy it. I mean, yeah, I, definitely my favorite of the three Iron. Man yeah, movies. I would, I would very much argue that if if Iron Man didn't exist and didn't didn't hit the way that it did, that the rest of this wouldn't exist. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because even though even though Hulk came out a few months later, it didn't six weeks. Yeah, it, it oh. didn't it didn't receive nearly the same reaction or, or excitement that that the first Iron Man. Still movie. the lowest grossing, right? I'm not sure. I believe so. I think it's still the lowest grossing Marvel movie. But yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty big. I, I would I lightning think, in a bottle, you know. It's, it was, and and I think Gwyneth Paltrow was great. Oh yeah, I forgot Gwyneth Paltrow's in it too. Pepper Potts, that's mm-hmm. you know that's his secretary, you know, you know best friend, love confidant, interest. love interest. You know she's 
She's great. Um, who else is uh, his, John Favreau plays his Happy Hogan? His, yeah, that's right. His yeah. confidant. Yep. The dude is the villain. Yep. Um, Jeff Bridges. I, I mean, Start, like, starting starting uh, yeah. a long time. Forget, he's forgettable. He's start, not starting great. a long time Marvel tradition of uh, a superhero fighting uh, their power against themselves. They're, yeah, they're, they're the evil selves. Evil version uh, of themselves. Yeah. Even which, even all the way up until Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. still going on. But yeah, no. I, this was this was. Uh, I would say my favorite. We're gonna talk about is. is I don't think it's this. This is probably the best, most well done. I like Captain America: First Avenger a little more. As in the first, other than the Phase ta- One, yeah, we're taking Avengers out of it because Avengers okay. is clearly the best movie in Phase One. If well, we're talking just origin stories and Iron Man Two, I would say First Avenger. Well, I'd watch well, that again. Do we want to talk about the cut, the after credit scenes with each film, or do we want to talk about them as our no? Own so we'll talk about it with each film. I just want to say on on this film specifically, I. I f- I don't know. I'd have to like go back and check, but I feel like Marvel probably wanted Hulk to come out first, but then after they saw it, probably pushed Iron Man up front because I mean it was a, it was a bit of a swing for them because they had John Favreau who was who had acted before, but I think as we've discussed, his only mm-hmm. directorial credit before that was Swingers, mm-hmm. and then uh, Robert Downey Jr. was was coming off a low point in his career. He had he had just made one big movie, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was very well critically received, but prior to that had been kind of untouchable in Hollywood. Did, did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang come out before Iron mm-hmm. Man One? That's the reason he was cast in it. Oh wow! I didn't realize that. And so it was. It was a. It was a bit of a gamble on kind of an unknown director and kind of an unknown reception to to a guy who had not previously had a lot of good public will out it there. Didn't handle the starlight well. No, it didn't handle the starlight well. Um, and then yeah, like like Ian said, lightning in a bottle. And they were the ones who introduced you know, what we're talking about now is what's called an after credit scene, a stinger and. They put a little thing, and that's how they built this universe. Is they started interlinking their movies, which is just fucking genius. Well, and I don't understand how more people didn't think about that. You know, the only movie I had seen beforehand that had done it was Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. The after credit scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. to a next movie, and I, yeah, and to, I just, to to the uh, to the chagrin of of uh, theater workers everywhere, yeah, because nobody ever gets out of the theater anymore. You just have to stand there and wait. Correct. But they had Nick Fury. Uh, played by Samuel Jackson, who in the comics is like head of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's an organization that loosely overlooks superheroes. And um, saying that, hey, you're part of a bigger world. And it just, it left people with something to remember, to come mm-hmm. back to. And I think that's the TV hook, you know, the, you're the cliffhanger, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And they took a little little bit of TV and, and they, they put it in feature films and they've done a really, really good job that a lot of people have tried to copy. I think of all the after credit scenes, this is the best one. It's yeah, the, it's yeah. the best one, be partially because you're part of a larger world. I hope we, you, well, you didn't you didn't know anything like you, it was so unexpected, it was so yeah. new that I think it just really worked. I really hope you just to scroll so that it makes that scene so much better <laughs> in Captain Marvel. Uh, you just you, you didn't know that was even a possibility, really, right. at that time. Yeah, and I mean Sam Jackson is a huge actor, and he comes in for two minutes. You're like, holy crap! You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's cool. That is yep. cool. Um, so the things that that are important to take away from from the first Iron Man going forward into uh, Infinity War is one, Tony Stark as a whole. Tony Stark, Iron Man, his character, his love interest, Pepper Potts, is is uh, is still important. Uh, Nick Fury is is uh, the director of Shield, which is uh, he's not credited at all in, in yeah. Infinity War. I just want to point that out there. Samuel L. Jackson. There's a rumor he won't be in it. Well, he's been in almost everyone up to that point. Correct, he has. Um, he's not going to be in Infinity War now. Interesting. That's the one he's not going. Yeah, he's not going to be. We'll, in we'll see. His next appearance is Captain. Marvel. I mean, that's, he's uncredited. That's, that that's, doesn't mean it, he. I mean, yeah, because he wasn't in Civil War. He's been out for a bit now. Are you sure? I guess in, uh, he's not in Ultron. Civil War. His last a- one was Ultron. Age mm. of Ultron, and he's barely in it. Man. Yeah. 
And then I, I think the only other important thing to take away from this movie is uh, is Tony Stark's AI butler, which we already talked about, Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Played by Paul played Bettany. Played by Paul Bettany, who ends up showing up later. Paul Bettany's been in a lot of stuff. He has been in a lot of stuff. Not a lot of good stuff. Hey, he's in Night's Tale. <laughs> I yeah, do. That's a good Heath Ledger Jeffrey movie. Jeffrey Chaucer. <laughs> yeah, I, nothing else that's good, though. He's in that Tom Hanks he... movie, Da Vinci Code. I kind of like Da Vinci Code. Oh, no, he's the albino <laughs> monk in that one. He's in uh, A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. I've never seen a beautiful mind. What? I know. You don't like it's Russell Crowe. I don't love Russell Crowe. What? Yeah. We, we, Russell Crowe's Gladiator? personal politics influence how Joseph views. <laughs> that's not at all what it. I just don't think. He, I just don't think he's the greatest <laughs> actor in the world. That's all it is. You're crazy. He's pretty awesome. But let's go. Let's move on. Better. Oh wait, Iron Man one. Better or worse than Transformers? Better than Transformers. Better by far. Worse than Transformers. You think it's worse than it's, Transformers? It's, you would rather a, watch Transformers hey, than hey, Iron Man One. I'm glad for once we didn't all agree. Yeah, on worse than Transformers. Whatever. That movie's overrated, guys. I mean, it's fine. You just, it is. You're it just is wrong. overrated. Okay, I just want to pause for a second. You say it's overrated. I think b- looking back, it feels tropey, but it invented the tropes. Right. Yeah, true. It invented the Marvel formula. It doesn't yeah. hold up as well. I don't think. Okay. Whatever. Let's we don't. Have, we don't have time. So, what did you say? Six weeks later. Yep. Was the is the Incredible Hulk, which again was the the second Hulk movie that we've had in the in the early two thousands. Yeah, but instead of Eric Bana, it stars Edward Norton, Liv uh, Tyler as Betty Brant, Betty Brant, uh, and then uh, William Hurt. William Hurt as is Thunderbolt Ross, General yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. What an awesome call sign, Thunderbolt. I know, Tim right? Roth <laughs> as the Abomination. That's oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Continuing that's right. the Evil Hulk. Uh-huh. And and that, oh, yeah, so, so, so what, what is the basic synopsis of this movie? Uh, directed by Louis Lettier, I think, mm, Louis Lettier. Oh, that's a good call. I have no idea. Uh, I'm, I'm like 99% positive. I remember he's like hiding out in Brazil in it's, the beginning. It's very <laughs> influenced by the 70s TV show. It's Bruce Banner on the run. Movie starts off, he's hiding out in Brazil. He's trying to figure out a way to basically maintain his powers. He does not want to transform into the Hulk. Uh, General Ross is obsessed with catching him because he believes him to be the secret to reinventing the super soldier serum, which is this is a movie we actually get the first real references to Captain America. They, the, during the process, uh, one of the soldiers who's obsessed with catching, who works for Ross, General yeah, Ross. And he's a, like a mercenary killer yeah, kind of like guy. he's like a merc. He, uh, and it's Tim Roth he, from uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Pulp and Fiction. And Lie to Me. And Lie to Me. That's way more recent. Than, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically volunteers to be the, the new Hulk, and it ends up being Abomination, and uh, leads to a big final battle. And he's and, like an uglier and, Hulk, and you can imagine that, Abomination. Yeah, also, like, smarter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoy this movie. I know there is probably some disagreement here. I think this one is very underrated. It's the lowest grossing Marvel movie. I think it only did like $208 million. Um, and, and from what it seems like has made them very nervous about making another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think that Edward Norton is a good Bruce Banner. I don't think he's the best Bruce Banner. Um, we'll get to that when we we'll probably get to Avengers. I, probably. Um, I, I, I think he does fine in the role. Um, the special effects aren't great. This one seems like a pretty low budget to me but yeah Hulk, uh, Hulk the, the Hulk specific uh, effects have gotten so much better oh yeah over yeah. time yeah it's forgettable you know it's yeah that, it's, it's that's something I watch once I don't think I've even seen it a second time and I don't enjoy it too too much mm-hmm. but um it's not it's not as bad as the Ang Lee one I, I agree with I, that. I actually prefer the Ang Lee one, but <laughs> I'm not actually sure it's a better movie. I just enjoy watching it more. It's more artsy for you. Like the Hulk you like the dogs? guy who did Brokeback yes. Mountain? I, I do. <laughs> there, there, there are a couple of really bad like scene transitions in that movie. 
It's, uh, I don't know. You like that every time he gets angrier, he gets bigger? What? That's in that one. Oh, yeah, that is that one. Yeah, Yeah. I don't mind that. I don't know. I like the... He ends up being like 25 feet tall. I like the breakout from the... It doesn't matter. I don't want to get into it, but I like that one a little bit better. Uh, It's funny because I I have like better notes for everything, but one of my notes for for the Hulk is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Very simple. Well, I remember in the end, just like a CGI smash fest of just like two guys in a city and... Yeah. I remember you're right. Like you said, it didn't look good. It's fine. Uh, It also has Ty Burrell in it as uh, uh, Betty What's-Her-Face's other thing who who rats out uh, Ed Norton to Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. And then the guy from A Brother Warthal. Yeah. Who they set up to Oh, yeah. Ty Burrell from Modern Family. You're not familiar. He's the dad. Yeah. He's funny in that show. Uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they set him up to be the leader, even though, again, never ever addressed. And then I, I didn't know this movie was also written by Zach Penn, which yes. is the, he uh, did Ready Player One as well. Yeah. He also wrote The Avengers. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. um, until Joss Whedon came along, right. probably. I like this movie. I'm going to say it's better than Transformers. Uh, as for things to really carry on from it, there's not. Besides Ross pops back up in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, William Hurt's uh, Thunderbolt Ross reappears, and then you know the Hulk reappears. But Yeah. The Hulk's so different. Yep. Like the portrayal of Bruce Banner and the Hulk are so different in Avengers. And the they, actor. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's probably where it came from. I don't know. Um, I, the only thing I would say is you probably will see, Obviously, you'll see Bruce Banner and the Hulk in Infinity War. I think there's a chance that you'll see Ross again uh, in one of the two Avengers movies. But that's it. There's no Infinity Stones. I would love to see Liv Tyler come back. I think that would be an interesting thing. But they've kind of set Bruce Banner up with Black Widow. So Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say it's worse than Transformers just because I'd rather watch Transformers than this movie. Yeah, if you it more rewatchable, I guess that's the whole scale. Yeah, right? it's, it's worse than Transformers. Um, also, we forgot the after credit scene in this movie is uh, Tony Stark approaching, confronting General Ross. In a bar. In a bar. You wear so many suits. They're the nicest suits. Or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. You know, what did he say to, what he he say say, to Ross? He says we're world? putting a team together. Right, it, uh, it's furthering this whole... Avengers. Avengers, Avengers initiative thing, um, and that, that there's a there's a they they uh, really put them together for uh, the first two in 2008, and then there was a two year gap, and then Iron Man two. It's hard to believe, man. Like I don't remember it being that way, but I mean, obviously it is. But yeah, we're well, spo- well, again, we're spoiled well, well, to get now we're, three now, Marvel exactly. movies a year. It's, now we're used to getting um yeah. like a movie in a franchise every six months or a year. Do you think that would have been the plan? Initially, but Iron Man just did so well that they didn't really know what they were going to do after Incredible Hulk, and they were just like, "Oh well, we just." I, don't I think know. they had the first phase planned out. After that, I think they saw it. I think it would. I think it would have been crazy to even have that planned out. Yeah, because like, what are the odds that that's going to work? Yeah. Iron Man Two does not feel planned to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's a very good way to describe it. Yeah. Well, would you would you give us a, a brief synopsis of, of how Iron Man 2 goes? Well, if, if you I, can remember. Well, let's see if I can remember it. <laughs> because I, I don't. I, I think I remember it worse than I remember the first one. And I don't remember <laughs> the first one all that great. Iron Man 2, who is even the villain? Oh, Mickey my Rourke. gosh. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke <laughs> yeah, has a whiplash. whiplash. Yeah. Um, it starts off with a really cool scene. Yeah. And Don Cheadle comes in. So Tony Stark is being poisoned by the thing in his chest, the arc reactor. In oh his yeah, chest. we 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 skipped that in in the first one, but part of part oh, yeah. of the important part of his story up until this point is uh, when he gets captured, he gets hit by some shrapnel that uh, he has a, a magnetic contraption yeah. that's that's constantly keeping the metal from going into his heart and killing him. But it's also powering his. Well, yeah, he used it to, to power his suit. Carry on. Uh, so you find out in the second one that it is poisoning him. Uh, I guess the whatever fake material is used to a power an arc reactor. 
Um, and it deals a lot with his relationship with his dad. Howard Stark plays a big role in that film. Um, I guess he worked with some Russian dude and pushed him out like, you know, Wozniak and Jobs. Mm-hmm. And his son wants revenge, and that happens to be Mickey Rourke. Yeah. And instead of wearing a suit, he comes naked with giant electric whips. And I, lo- I love Mickey Rourke, too. It is an odd choice. Also, Sam Rockwell stars as Justin Hammer. They team up together, basically, and kind of do almost like an interference. Like, they want to put out the same things, and they attract... They they create the war machine armor for uh, Rhodey, and it, it kind of just pushes Tony Stark away from everybody. Right. Yep. Um, I think he gets kicked out of the company, and Pepper takes over, and he isolates himself, and uh, all leading... He's trying to put on, a, a like, a world fair, a Stark fair, because, again, his dad did it. and I mean, it's fine. Yeah. It's not great. I'll tell you what, I love that the scene with Whiplash gets introduced where he's racing the car. That's a really cool yeah, scene. Like, that that scene's scene. cool. Like, the suitcase armor. The suitcase it, armor. Yeah, like yeah. that's a really, really cool scene. And that that's probably one of the best action scenes in any of these Phase 1 movies. Yeah. It's a it's a heck of an opener. It may be one of the best opening scenes in all of the Marvel movies. And yeah, and then it, it just goes, comes on a really crappy movie. It goes downhill after yeah, that. Yeah, the end fight scene is, is Iron Man and War Machine fighting a bunch of drones. drones. Yeah, it's not great. Which all, is... All modeled after a branch of the military. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, they kind of, I don't know if you guys heard this, but they like retcon that when the little kid in the Iron Man mask shows up and tries to stop one of the robots that's supposed to be Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. He's wearing like a Stark they, They've shirt. made that official canon now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, there's there's not really a whole, this is not, it was not, I made a, I made a fuck ton of money. Made a bunch of money. But it wasn't, it wasn't well received and it's not well remembered. Fun fact about Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer, which is kind of Tony Stark's, uh, he's, he's like a rival company, but not as good. Before, I mean, well, besides uh, Robert Downey Jr., Sam Rockwell was was the next in line to uh, play Iron Man. Yeah. When, which when which makes sense. He's Robert Downey Jr. light. He is. He's, and he, he's died. Without the died. jail and <laughs> cocaine. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think he would have done a good job, but I mean, there literally is no one else who could have, who could have done the exact same thing. You know, it kind of makes me sad that we... we I get why they cast him as Justin Hammer. Like you said, they wanted they want they wanted that role to be Tony Stark light, and uh, obviously Sam Rockwell can pull it off so mm-hmm. well. But if if we were to go about the Marvel future, and actors want to start playing the characters, but you didn't want to feel like you didn't have to write it off, he would be my pick for Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Rockwell probably would be about the age Robert Downey Jr. was when he took over the Iron mm-hmm. Man role, and you could just you know. Pull one out, put one in, but now, now we. I mean, maybe we still could. It's you know, it's all bullshit, and and <laughs> anyway. So, uh, but I, I feel like making him Justin Hammer was a waste of Sam Rockwell's talent. I completely agree. Yeah, it's a waste. I make Mickey Works wasted his whip last year. I mean, Ricky Mork is. I don't think he's a waste. I think he had one good movie, and people are going back and saying, "Oh, what's he's a your good what's actor. his one good movie?" The wrestler. wrestler. Yeah, the wrestler is great. <laughs> what do you mean? Sin City's amazing. Sin City's a. Pretty good movie, but it's not pretty good just because of Mickey Rourke. Yeah, it's, it's not it. because He's of a big part of acting. It. I guess yeah. it's, it's like it's more you're into the style of that. Yeah, movie. it doesn't matter. Also, fun fact about uh, Iron Man Two: Did you know it's written by famous Jennifer Aniston thing Justin Throw? I did know that. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, I knew it was Justin Throw. I, yeah. I didn't know Justin Throw did anything. Yeah, he writes. I mean, he was a screenwriter before he was an actor. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, he's yeah. a screenwriter. The other thing that uh, Iron and Man, him and Jennifer Aniston broke up. They're yeah. getting a divorce. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? I mean, hey, it's, this is a pop culture Bob Cape. I suppose it is. Yes, that's true. I'm saying it. I'm saying it with confidence. Uh, this movie also addresses a, a part of racism. 
Mm, no, what? It's being sarcastic. But. <laughs> uh, a part of uh, Iron Man's personality struggles in the in the comics in his alcoholism a little bit. Yeah. Um, that they don't really explicitly get into as much in the in the movies. And then things that, that we need to take away from this mostly is there's there's a bit more Nick Fury. You kind of again get more of that larger universe. And I think they introduced ScarJo in this one. Yes, Black, Black Widow. Though I don't know. Did Clark, they ex- Clark Gregg's in it. Is Clark Gregg in it? Yeah, well, oh, he's introduced in Iron Man 1. Yeah, he's introduced in and Iron Man 1. As an agent of, you know, works for Nick Fury. Do we, yeah, do we explicitly feels... say that ScarJo is... Uh... Yeah, no, she's yeah, definitely she's in introduced it. in Iron yeah, Man 2. definitely. No, no, I mean, that... I, do we call her Black Widow in that or is she... Mm, uh, she's just there's, an there's, agent no, I think of she's Natalia Romanoff. Yeah. Natasha Romanoff. Natasha Romanoff. There's the one scene where she tries. She goes with Happy, they break into the place, and she, you know... Black Widow destroys it. Yeah, Black Widow some stuff, but... That's, yeah. She's never called that. Right. Uh, the only thing that I think is kind of pertinent in this movie, is no longer pertinent, but was at the time, was Nick Fury being like, we decided you're not qualified right. for the Avengers. Which, again, goes away in about five minutes yeah, in the they, Avengers they, movie. They do but. that a lot. We're, we'll get to it in phase two, but there's like a whole thing in phase two where everyone's like hanging up their gear and not doing it, and then they just like show up again in the next Avengers. I don't yeah. know. It's, it doesn't matter. Nothing um, matters. Yeah, you're right. That does happen a lot. <laughs> Retcon. Retcon. After credits was leading into the next Marvel movie. Which was Thor. Which is Thor. All it was was Agent Coulson driving through the desert and coming out a big hole in the ground and Mjolnir was... The hammer of Thor. Mjolnir. I think this movie suffers because it's definitely trying to set up, like, the universe. Wakanda is even in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they do mention it. Yep. Uh, I would I wouldn't argue that that's the I just think this movie doesn't have like like they're trying to bring in Black Widow you know they're they're bringing in Nick Fury a lot you know well, you know when we talked about Fantastic Beasts and you talked about it just being a, a soulless cash grab yeah I don't feel like this is a cash grab but it is it's like a soulless setup I would just argue it it's very aimless I don't think it has a lot of purpose yeah. I don't think there's a lot of development of Tony Stark as the character in it and so I, I think there's just like it doesn't go anywhere yeah. He he has almost no progression in that in, movie. In almost any of the movies, but yeah. I guess that's true. <laughs> Iron Man three, maybe. Yeah. 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 No, because he gets all he builds all whatever. <laughs> you know, I think that's gonna like you said. Actually, they just go back on everything. Now that now, the, now now that we're going back through them, that's gonna irritate me as we keep going. But yeah, so so the uh, the post credit scene of Iron Man two leads us directly into Thor, which Iron came... Man two worse than Transformers. Oh yeah, sorry, Iron Man two definitely worse than Transformers. Worse than Transformers. Arguably the worst. Marvel movie so far. Nope, we haven't gotten to Thor: The Dark World. Well, I, they're close, but uh, that's <laughs> fair. It, it's a good argument. Uh, so that leads us into Thor, which came out in 2011. Uh, you want to give us a synopsis of Thor? Uh, this movie is very simple. It's Thor, son of Odin, like like that Thor, like the Norse the mythology Norse Thor. God Thor. Is arrogant. He's a douchebag. Basically, loses his godlike powers. And until he's deemed worthy again, we'll just be a mortal living on Midgard, which is their word for Earth. Um, comes down, he meets Natalie Portman and Stellan Skarsgård and Kat Dennings, um, who is still the bane of the Marvel Universe. But cool. his, So Odin's played Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. That's Thor's dad, who's great. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yep, Tom Hiddleston is Loki. Yep, and then... Basically, the movie is an hour and a half of, of Loki and Thor. Having brotherly talks, yeah, and they well, the, with each. I, it up. I would argue the first half is is Thor learning humility, and then the second half is my problem is it takes him three days to learn it. 
Right. Well, you know. It's such an accelerated timeline. That's my problem with this whole movie is none of it feels serious for him because it's resolved so quickly. Very quickly. Uh, This is actually one of the movies I like. Oh, and introduces Hawkeye. It does. Cheeses Hawkeye. Yeah. I don't know if you... Do you actually see Hawkeye yeah, in Yeah, you see him in the, like, bird's nest, crow's nest thing. Yeah. Yep. And it, I mean, it is Jeremy Renner. Uh, also cheese the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, Loki's It does. So, so yeah, the, 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 the initial part of this movie takes place on Asgard, which yeah. is where the Norse gods are. It's a different realm, different planet. It's kind, planet. Of, kind of unclear. Yeah. Ruled by Odin, which is played by Anthony Hopkins, the great... Sir Anthony Hopkins. Um, uh, you get a tease of the Infinity Gauntlet, which is the... Uh, well, we find out later it's not the real thing, but it's it's a tease for... Retcon. A retcon, but it's a tease of what's to come later. And yeah, so the movie stars Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Chris Hemsworth, famous of almost nothing before this. He I was, think he was in an Australian soap he opera. He was on an Australian soap opera, and he was... Uh, Red Captain, Dawn. He, that was after. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he was Captain Kirk's dad in the first Star Trek. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then he bulked up like a motherfucker. Yeah, he's for this not movie. jacked in that. He movie. is. He got so big for this movie that they told him he had to slim down to fit into the costume. Yeah. And he's still fucking enormous. He's huge. He's so big, and he has maintained that. Which good on yeah. him, man. That's yeah. He's jacked. That's so for impressive. eight years, man, to be that large. Well, then uh, he lost all the way for that that uh, Moby Dick movie. Yeah. No one saw that. So Nobody saw it, and then he gained. Uh, it doesn't even matter. And then uh, Natalie, I, I would say Natalie Portman starts the trend of people who regretted signing on to Marvel movies. But <laughs> yeah. We we might have already hit that hit that uh, with like Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, yeah, maybe number one. But uh, Natalie Portman as the the love interest who I, I don't remember her name and it doesn't really matter. Jane Foster. Jane yep. Foster matters in the comics, doesn't matter in the movies. Let's see what are the, what are the other important takeaways from this movie? Loki, I, I re- Loki's the best. Loki. Remember yeah. now is the Lo- best villain Loki. in any of the eighteen Marvel movies. Yep. You know more or less. Loki know. is Thor's brother. I would say Loki is better in Avengers than he is in Thor 1. I would also but, agree with that. Yeah. He's a he's a trickster god, and he's pretty god much... God of mischief. He's a god of mischief, and he's constantly just trying to get over on people. That's kind of his thing. Yeah, the whole the whole driving force of his thing is he's just jealous of Thor. Right. He wants to be king, and it's kind of like, you know, Scar and Mufasa. Yep. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually, no, that's actually a good point. <laughs> One of the things I like about this movie is it's got one of my favorite, like, hand-waving of incorporating magic into the Marvel Universe, where it's got a, a moment where Thor is talking to, to Jane Foster and says, you know, where, where I come from, what, what you call science, or what you call magic and, and science are the same thing. And that's, like, it. That's all you get. And yeah. I'm just like, that's good enough. I like it. Yeah, it, it, you it, buy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally in for it. I, th- I thought that was a really clever way to, because I always thought that, they had having like a Norse god involved in, uh, you know, in, in these other, I mean, they're more grounded comparatively. Uh, superheroes was weird. Um, yeah. but, but you just, that's all you do. You say, oh, we're just, it, it's the, the, what's the fucking Arthur C. Clark, the science so advanced it's indistinguishable from magic oh, quote, yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I like it. It's great. Um, you know, it, I'm not big on this movie. I don't oh, super yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. But, there are some important parts, and it does a good job of what you're talking about, Joseph. Is it you buy Thor? Like mm-hmm. you know, you, you you can get on board right. with it. I think the movie directed by Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh, famous Shakespearean actor, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, decided he was going to make a Marvel movie about a Norse god. Mm-hmm. You know, it it it's a character that shouldn't work. Agreed. And while the movie, and not just this one, at least the second one as well, aren't great, and there aren't. They aren't very good either, but they probably work better than they should, and they definitely work better than they would if 
Fox or Sony were the ones who made them. Definitely. Yeah. I think the costumes have gotten better. You know what I mean? The CGI has gotten better from the first Thor. I still like the look of Asgard. I thought that was a, yeah, a, a good too. touch. The kind of like gold organ. And, I, and I'll tell you, thing. I'll tell you. I, I mean, we've we've hit the point where we see an outrageous number of superhero movies that it, it like doesn't even register. But I would argue that by 2011, the public as a whole was was hitting fatigue on origin stories because they're all kind of the same. It's a normal guy. Some freak accident happens. They learn their powers. That blah blah blah. This one comes from a very different perspective. Of, yeah, he's a god. He's a god from another realm. And it, like you said, it's it's a it's a family royal drama mm-hmm. like like uh like lion king or hamlet or something and and you know he's banished and learns humility and whatever and it's it's, it's uh even though i don't think it's it's the best story it's told the best way it could be it's just interesting because it's different from all the other yeah. ones no that's a good point i'm gonna say for me it's worse than transformers i it's just i actually think it's probably a better quality movie it's just not as rewatchable i ever wanted to rewatch thor probably ever and i have seen it a few times but yeah, I'm not crazy for the Thor movies. I would say, other than Thor Ragnarok, which I love, but that's a completely different tone. But the first two, worse than Transformers, definitely this one. This one's actually a tough one for me because I agree that like I think I think the the Transformers movie, like just Transformers, is probably more exciting to watch just because I like the characters so much. I might go back rather go rewatch Thor, so I'm gonna go better than Transformers. Mm. Um, we've had more disagreements in, in these four movies than we've had the entirety of this podcast. That's gr- well, yeah, it's because we've we've mostly been seeing good movies. But uh, so the things we need to take away from this Asgard. What's the singer of this one? What is the singer in this one? Oh no, it's the uh, the Stellan Skarsgård. Correct. Sets up Avengers. Sets up Avengers. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård goes to look at the Tesseract, and then so so yeah, this movie actually introduces the we, we've we've gone through several now with that one, but this is, introduces the first Infinity Stone. Oh, you're that we, right. We've come up acro- across. Yeah, you don't remember it that way because the Tesseract is such an important part of First Avenger, but it is the first time we see it. Right. Uh, he's being influenced by Loki. We see and. Uh, the Tesseract, though, is something to remember. I mean, kind of leads us into First Avenger as well. But uh, Asgard, Asgardians, right. Thor, Loki. Important uh, Asgardian we have skipped so far is uh, Heimdall. Heimdall, played yeah. by Idris Elba, who is like an all-seeing gatekeeper of Asgard. Yeah, we've talked about the possibility. One of the theories we've talked about is that he his powers are... The Soul Stone. Come from the Soul Stone. But most importantly, he's played by Idris Elba, and he's got a giant-ass sword. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't use it near enough. He doesn't use it nearly enough. He does in Thor Ragnarok use it a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, so First Avenger? I think so. Is there anything else from that movie that, that's important? I, you know, I'm always, not. I'm always confused about, like, is, is the Bifrost related to the Tesseract? I don't think so. I just think... I do wonder what powers the Bifrost. Well, because the bi- the Bifrost is is how they transfer from you it's know a boom tube. Right, it's a boom tube. It's how they transfer from one realm to another. It's yep. how Thor gets banished and returns back to yep. Asgard. And it seems like it's like I know in the second one it like loses power and they you know uh, again we're skipping ahead, but Thor brings the Tesseract back to Asgard. To like, and it's, I don't know if that's, is it to repower the Bifrost? Is it related? Because I mean, it is, it's a space related thing, and the, the Tesseract is the space stone. I've always just I think com- they both can do it. I'm confused yeah, about that. I don't that. know. That's a good point. I never really made this connection. Somebody, somebody who knows going. more about this hurt, if you're listening, email us, <laughs> please. But yeah, I think that, that takes us directly into uh, Avengers, which is. First Avenger. Captain Oh, Derek. sorry. No, you're right. The first yeah. Avenger. Yeah, can't uh, skip it. I, I, did, I didn't even write notes Scrawny on that. Scrawny little kid from Brooklyn. Oh, geez, yeah. Chris Evans. Captain America First Avenger. Hit us with a synopsis. Um, scrawny little kid from Brooklyn. Volunteers for the Army to fight in World War II. Gets experimented on. Becomes 
uh, gigantic and gorgeously handsome Chris Evans, Steve Rogers, by the way, is his name, and then goes, finds his way through Europe to get close to the Red Skull, who is played by Hugo Weaving, who's developed these, like, doomsday weapons powered by the Tesseract, which was introduced in the end of Thor. They're like super Nazis. Yep, just like super Nazis. And uh, that's pretty much it. Loses his best friend Bucky along the way, which plays important later in Phase 2. Correct. Um, I... I, I don't love this movie as much as some people do. Oh, directed by Joe Johnston, who made mm-hmm. Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. And um, what, yeah, I don't good. remember. Who else is in it? It's a war movie. A hap, uh, Haley Atwell. Is, Haley Atwell is Agent Carter. Yep. Uh, the girl from Game of Thrones is the the girl that kisses him. I can't remember her name. Oh, God. Natalie Dorman. Natalie Dorman. Good pull. And then Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. That's right. Shit. Yeah. Oh, what's his face? Plays Arnim Zola. Yeah. To- Toby, to- Jones. Toby, Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Lots of famous people in that movie. Yeah, there are a lot of famous people. Yeah, I, forgot, I keep forgetting it. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was in one of these movies. Yeah, who's Tommy Lee Jones? I'll bet he was. I feel like he's the colonel who's responsible for the program. That the yeah, super, super soldier. Oh, and Stanley Tucci is Stanley. How could I forget? He's my favorite part. Stanley yeah. fucking Tucci is is the uh, the defected German scientist that develops the super serum. That uh, gives Captain Rogers his powers. And that scene where they're they're drinking like the vodka uh-huh. the night before. It's great. Stanley Tucci's awesome. He is awesome. He's great in everything. Yeah, it's, it's a World War. It's a war movie. It's Marvel's, you know, World War Two. I think they did a great job with the period in this one. Like it, it feels v- like very of the time. Yeah, I think the only reason why I have a deterrent against saying that it does feel that way. But Joe Johnson made a movie called The Rocketeer earlier on in his career, and it it's like a sequel, man. I mean, it, is it? It feels the 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 style and everything feels the same, and so to me, it just felt kind of repetitious. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's fine. I like it fine. I like it. It's probably number two for me outside of the Avengers and those first, that phase one movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't love it like some people do. I think it moves a little too quickly for me. Really? I would like to see a little bit more like development between him and, and Bucky or him yeah. and Carter. And the whole, the whole there's like two storylines in that. There's the Red Skull Hydra thing and it's moving along. And there's really little interaction right. until the very end. Right. And I think I would have liked to maybe seen like a multiple stages. Well, that's super fair because uh, there's there's a big plot point. that or Not a big plot point, but I mean you spend several minutes of the movie between when he becomes a super soldier to when he actually gets to, you know, go and fight on the front lines with America's finest kind of thing. The greatest generation. The greatest generation. And he has um, his little team. What's his team called? The Howling Commandos. Yeah, they're cool. And so, you know, as you said, like, it, instead of spending time on that, we could have spent, like, you know, it's kind of a short montage of, of him and the actual Howling Commandos fighting the Nazis. Yeah. You could have spent some more time developing that. Also, the first, um, you know, we talk about you know actors being reused in the Marvel Universe yep. or, or wanting them to. The Asian dude from Alan Commandos is also the principal in Spider-Man Homecoming. But he that's referenced. Yeah, he has a picture of him. Like, of his, of his grandfather, yeah. yeah. That's really good. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's, it's pretty solid. I like this one. You, you know, like you said, you introduced Bucky, who's uh, Captain Rogers' best friend. And I don't feel like they make a big deal out of it Not in this. big enough, I don't think. Oh, well, not even the, the that. And also, so does he get the super serum before... Well, I guess I mean we can. But fuck it, it doesn't matter. We can spoil anything we want. Yeah, it's been out for a day. It's been out forever. Um, so Bucky is the Winter Soldier eventually. But I can't remember. Does he get the Super Soldier Serum when he's experimented on, like before he gets rescued, or does that happen after he like you know falls off the thing, gets the metal arm, and all that kind? You're of talking stuff? about Bucky. Bucky, yeah. I don't know that whatever Bucky gets is specifically 
a super soldier serum. Yeah. Obviously, it's heightened abilities of some sort. Right. And he gets, a, you know, is it a vibranium arm? No, just a metal arm. Just a metal arm. But I think it's implanted. They kind of give you the belief that it's supposed to happen while he's captured. Yeah, okay. At least that's what it started. Okay. Um, uh, obviously, the, the experimentation finished after they caught him again. But yeah. this movie does actually, one thing, again, not skipping too far forward, but I think Winter Soldier does a good job of kind of referencing things in this movie that didn't seem important, like Arnim Zola, for example. Right. Um, and what happens to Bucky... Like, like we're talking about before he was captured, some of that stuff is revealed in that movie, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and it references back to to the first Avenger mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't—I don't know if it's a compliment on First Avenger, but uh, it apparently set it up for the future better than you probably realized it the first time watching it. So, uh, things that are important to take away from this movie is you know Steve Rogers super serum super serum. Uh, he was the only one that got it. The formula got destroyed after he got it. By the guy who played Thorin, right? From the Hobbit movies. Was it? Was yeah. it uh, Richard, Arm- Richard yeah, Armitage? Yeah, Richard Armitage. Interesting. Bucky, his shield is made out of vibranium, which as far as he's concerned... In- Captain America. Sorry, yeah. Captain America's shield is made out of vibranium. It'll be Bucky's real soon. Though. No, that's fair. <laughs> which which is, as far as, uh, as we're led to believe in this movie, is the only vibranium, but we find out later is not the case. Very wrong. Um, and then I'd say that the, the most important thing and the thing that I think makes this one a good lead into Avengers is at the end of this movie, he uh, crashes a plane and gets frozen in ice for how many years? Like 40 years. It's like 50 years, right? It's like 50... We're saying if it takes place in like 1945-ish. 60 years? Probably 60. 60, 60 yeah, 75. And so he... Uh, With the, the stone, right? The Tesseract is a big yeah. one. As well. Oh, yeah. So, Jim, man, we skipped that in the, in the first place. Yeah, so uh, the the big plan of, of Red Skull for powering his super Nazi army is he uh, discovers that the Tesseract, or well, he doesn't know exactly what it is, but he knows it's a mystical-powered uh, item. He, he finds it, locates it, and uses it to, to power the weapons of Hydra, which is the super Nazi organization, which is also important. They come up later. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which also echoes the fact that the, in World War II, Hitler was super into the occult stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, th- this is a real thing that probably could have happened. Not not the finding the stone, but definitely the looking for it. You know, you talking about the Tesseract powering the Bifrost. Everything we're led to believe is that the, in the, in those original movies is that the Tesseract is Asgardian, right? In nature, right? And it's like hidden in the in the you know the sculpture of the tree or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Thor knows about it. That's the isn't that yeah, the name? Idrisil, yeah. yeah. that's all I got. I just, I just thought of that. One. No, yeah, no, that's super fair. I, th- I think it is supposed to be related to to Asgard. Um, <laughs> I, sh- I, yeah, I, I like the shield. I like the old school shield they use. You mm-hmm. know, I think, oh, yeah. I think Steve, uh, Chris Evans is just perfect. Oh, and that, and that is that Captain is, America. You that know, is just, definitely one of the keys. Yeah, I don't think anyone else could do that role and not feel like kind of corny or you know what I mean or come across as as good as he makes it come across. He's proof that Superman can work. Because yeah. it's essentially the same personality traits. It's it's kind of this he's got this this strict moral code, and and he's very optimistic and believes in humanity. And it it, it very much could come across as cheesy and like roll your eyes kind of cheesy. But because it's delivered with the, the right amount of earnestness, like you feel like he really believes these things. It just I don't know. It really works. I would agree. So I uh, yeah. I'm gonna say it's better than Transformers. It's definitely better than better Transformers. Better than Transformers. So. Leads us all to the culmination of phase one. Avengers. Avengers, directed by Joss Whedon. <laughs> and this is going to have <coughs> every character recap, we just I can't referenced. keep talking. It's killing my throat. Yeah, <laughs> so we're doing, Avengers is going to star Iron Man. Everybody. 
Hulk, Airbud. Black Widow, all these people referenced. Uh, Hawkeye, Captain America, and it's going to be have the villain as Loki, the villain right. from Thor 1. The, the idea is, is uh, Loki comes back with a, a magic staff that uh, we don't really know where it comes from, and he's enslaving people, enslaving people's minds, uh, and, and then eventually trying to open up a portal and, and bring in his army and take over the world. And um, this, this is the first movie that references Thanos, who's going to be the villain well, in Infinity War. Yeah, that's, that's the, the tease in this film, is that... For I mean, sure. You know that someone's there, that Loki's talking to somebody, but you don't know it's Thanos until the very, very end. Right. And it was so, huge. Right. And so uh, Nick Fury and uh, I've already forgot, Agent Coulson are, are rounding up. This movie also introduces Maria Hill. Maria Hill, played by what's-her-face from... Kobe Smolders, yeah. Robin <sighs> Scherbatsky. Correct. And so they, they bring together all the heroes that we've we've established at this point. You get Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk. A recast Hawkeye, Hulk. Yeah, recast Hulk. Who's now Mark Ruffalo. Uh, and Black Widow. Is that everybody? Hawkeye? Yeah, I said Hawkeye. That's everybody. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, and so yeah, they they team up, learn how to be a team, then fracture, then relearn how to be a team, and then fight a giant army of evil aliens and the Chitari, the Chitari, and triumph in the end. Yeah, and the movie the movie's really good. It's so good. It's, it's, it, it, there's no reason why it should be as good as it there, is. There's it's also written, it's written well. There's a lot of cool action scenes that still hold up. Um, some of the costumes, like Captain America's costume, is not. Good. It's not great, but but I didn't uh, like notice the bright blue, bright red, and the, the head. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't look great, but um, the the CGI's Hulk got better. I think the Chitari, like the big worm, mm-hmm. oh, uh, was cool. You speak of the Hulk, man. This is like the first time I, you know, the Hulk is good on screen. Yeah, he, yeah, and Mark Ruffalo, like the like when they find him, and Black Widow is the one who approaches him, right? Which um. And she's talking to him, and then you find out she was surrounded. Like that was a it was a cool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, yeah, it starts off with Sam Jackson pretty much recruiting each member individually, mm-hmm. and then they all meet on a helicarrier, which is a, which is a, exactly what it sounds like. It's an aircraft carrier, yeah, and that you know flies, and then, and then you know, and they start having their quarrels, and you know, they they kind of turn against each other, and, and then they, which is cool. You see the Hulk rage out, and he gets dropped. You know, he's going at against Black Widow who's running around and you the know. Hulk versus Thor fight. That's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, so I mean there's a lot of good stuff and um I love it. it. I love that it's scene. Funny. Because Thor's just like standing there with like his knee and fist on the ground with his arm out for uh-huh. like four seconds. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden Mjolnir comes and yeah, it's it's awesome. The whole movie is so great. It's really good. And it, it's definitely the first of its kind. Nobody had attempted to do yeah. something of, of this magnitude, bringing all these these uh, characters from different movies together. And uh, again, it, it should not have worked. It should have been a train wreck, but it was incredible. Yep. Um, and truthfully, in my opinion, this is the start of the Marvel Universe. Like, agreed. Um, those those first four or five movies, while they're, they're probably, you know, above average, what you get in a theater avengers was like hey we this have this figured out like yeah. this is this is what we're this like is if what i was ever gonna for. marathon the marvel movies i would start, I start avengers. Avengers. yeah that seems fair <laughs> so yeah this this movie was written and directed by joss whedon of firefly and buffy and angel is that also something that he did yeah, justice he also, league he also wrote alien three so well, yeah, <laughs> i was going for the good things and toy story one did he yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, no, it's definitely got it's got some uh, Joss Whedon footprints. I mean, he does the best job with the Hulk yeah. and making him a tragic character. He's got a lot of very Whedon esque lines coming from Hawkeye in this movie. He does not know what to do with Captain America, 
Yeah. He's he's very sidelined in this movie. Captain America has lost him. I think he does a little bit better in Age of Ultron with Cap, but uh, I, I do feel like Captain America is probably the most efficient. I mean, Hawkeye is the most efficient character in this movie, but... yeah. Uh, he's he, he's really good at Iron Man. I, I guess I he, like his Iron Man a lot more than John Favreau's Iron Man. I'll tell you that much. I don't know. It's so have they're so similar. Like, I don't Thor's know. I see good. a difference. And I, I think Bruce Banner is really like yeah. No, said, he's really so. Yeah, I, I think Bruce Banner and and Black Widow are the two that benefit from Joss Whedon the most. Agreed. Those those are though. I feel like those are his uh, mouthpieces for yeah Joss Whedon dialogue. Yep. But yeah, so in this movie. The Hulk, Bruce Banner, has been recast as Mark Ruffalo from Ed Norton. So and, much better. Uh, a big improvement. Even so much better than Eric Bana, who never feels like Bruce Banner, even if Joseph wants to tell you he does. I mean, he doesn't He doesn't emote. He just He's incapable of emoting. It's kind of his thing. It's fine. So, yeah, important things to take away from this movie. One, first gathering of all the superheroes yep. under Nick Fury. Very the, important. The actual gathering of the Avengers, which is the first word in Avengers Infinity War. It's an important part and of it. And two, two stones. Like, he's trying to open the portal to bring in Loki. He's trying to open the portal to bring in the army using the, you know, the Tesseract. The Tesseract, which is the Captain space America, stone. Correct. You know, and, and then it is, also, the, it is the MacGuffin of this movie. And it's also <laughs> using the staff. Which, which we is, don't we find, find out till later. Yeah, we find out later on is, is the Mind Stone. So he, he uses which it. is now in Vision's head. Right. Well, he uses it to... to uh, that gets complicated. Which yeah, is it does. It does. <laughs> he uses it to mind control multiple people in the movie, including Hawkeye. Um, yeah. Still yeah. in Skarsgård. Yeah, Hawkeye... And, I mean, Hawkeye's a zombie the whole movie. Like they, Most of it. Yeah. So, Jeremy Renner was apparently not happy about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was not. He, he can get over it. He got like a whole thing in the second one. It's fine. Too much of a yeah. thing, if you ask me. No, I think that's the best part of the second one. Uh, well, I'm not a well, big... I don't really care for Age of Ultron much. I like that Hawkeye is a better character in that movie. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like we said, the uh, the big reveal in this one is the after credits scene, scene after, uh, you know, Loki's been brought to justice and, and whatever. Uh, we, we cut to a scene in space where it's an underling giving a report on, on their attack on Earth to uh, what we find out is Thanos, who is the big bad that, that uh, they've been setting up since this movie for, you know, like another, how many, 13 or 12 yeah, movies. He's really only appeared in one other one? Guardians Two. of the Galaxy? He's in Guardians. What other movie is he in? Shit, that? hang on. Oh, he shows up in one of them where he gets the Infinity Gauntlet. Maybe that's Age of Ultron? I yeah. don't remember. No, I no. thought the end of this one is where he gets the... He, I'm going to nope. do it myself. No. Oh, that's not no. that. No. No, so, but, but this one does set up an important thing that is not a thing that... I, it's, it's, a, it's an important part of Thanos' motivation that I don't think they're going to address in the movies because they make a line, and uh, our friend of the yeah. show, Hurt, mentioned, uh, mentioned this to us. There's a line in the first Avengers in that scene where the underling is saying to, to challenge these guys, to challenge the Avengers, is to court death. Yeah. And uh, that's the, a, a big part of, uh, and this is this is where it gets very comic booky. But a big part of Thanos's motivation, he's hitting on death, yeah, right? which, which is a physical or entity yeah. in the Marvel universe. Yeah, it's like a girl skull and crossbones. Yeah, you know, it's a, she's an actual character in the comic. I don't I, think if it's you were gonna it make death a character, it'd be Hela from Thor Ragnarok. But you she's the kinda... goddess. Of, she's the goddess of death. Right. If you were gonna do that, you know what I mean? Hela. Hela. Yeah, that would be the only way you could make that work. But she yeah. kind of died. At the I would end. be okay with that too. But anyway, I, th- I thought it was funny that Joss Whedon at least planted that seed, even, yep. if, even if they never actually 
make good on it. I love Avengers 1. It's way better than Transformers. It is way better than Transformers. It is instant, infinitely rewatchable. You yeah. can watch that movie anytime. Yeah, it's really I've, good. I've probably seen it over 100 times. Like, I, that may, you know, people may say that about a lot of movies and then just be hyperbole, but I feel like Avengers 1, I, I am probably up. Every time it's on TV, I watch it. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, it's, it's easy to watch. It's just fun. I feel like you rewatch a lot of movies as, as I, a, I only have like twenty movies I I only, <laughs> I only watch those twenty. Ghostbusters, Avengers One. Apparently not Iron Man One. But. Apparently that's fine. Um but cool. So that's uh so that brings us to the end of phase one, which is the, the first part of our April Marvel Spectacular. Yep. And, and we're gonna do phase two, which is Iron Man three. It, it starts off weak but gets better. Dark yeah. World, Thor the Dark World, then Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. And then Winter Soldier and then Age of Ultron. Correct. Yeah. Like like Joseph said, it starts off rough, but yeah. it, it, it really gets its footing. It, it, gets it going. arguably has the best one. We can we can talk about it next week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll discuss but, it. But in the meantime, what have y'all been uh, what have y'all been watching? I didn't watch anything this week. I watched The Titan on Netflix, which is I mean, we we've trashed Sam Worthington on this podcast before, so why I decided to watch a movie where Sam Worthington was the main actor, I don't know. Um it's horrible. What's it about? It's worse than so um, you know, like a plot of a lot of movies is that Earth is dying and we have to go somewhere else. But in this movie, instead of finding another habitable planet or terraforming a planet, we must genetically modify human beings to be able to survive on another planet. So they decide Saturn's moon, Titan, which is you know used all the time in science fiction, is the ideal place. And so we need to enhance our genetic code to become habitable, habitable on Titan. Basically, it's forced human evolution. Right. And he ends up becoming this creature thing. It's got, um, what's her face from Game of Thrones? Uh, Daenerys is like number two. She like translates. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's in Fast and, Fast and Furious. And Furious. Fast Everybody's and Furious. in Fast and Furious. <laughs> no, Natalie. No, no. No. Uh, I don't know her name. I don't remember her name. She's in it as well. And yeah, it's just, it's, you know. It's not good. It's it really bad. I mean, look, this is your fault. You know Sam Worthington. I know he's horrible. He's never done anything good. No, um, it's worse than Transformers. Yeah, fair enough. I watched the movie Gifted with Chris Evans, handsome yeah. Chris Evans, Captain America, which is about a guy who kind of, not by his own choice, gets custody of, of a young child genius and is trying to, he's trying to get her to live a, a normal life and several other people are trying to get her to fulfill her, you know, uh, potential. Potential, exactly. That word is is very prominent in that movie. And so it's kind of about both his battle with other people, you know, uh, over custody of her and and what she should do, and also his internal battle other as to whether he's doing the right thing. And man, it's a fucking tearjerker. It's uh, I, I really want to see it. I would argue that it's not like I don't even know if it's a great movie. Like I I don't, I don't think they do anything that's that's groundbreaking or new or, or or great. But like the performances are so good. Chris yeah. Evans is great. The kid is great. Octavia Spencer's great. It's so love good. Octavia Spencer. So good. I cried yeah. so much of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also watched uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Double and down. Uh, on the HP I'm, I, It's what I do when I'm doing laundry. I had a lot of laundry. We only got two more left, so. Yeah, so anyway, all of those things are better than Transformers. Yes. So. I watched, uh, the only thing I watched, I watched Skyfall on Blu-ray, and it was, uh, I was looking through my movies last night, we wanted to go to, and it actually kept me up, because I wanted to put on something to go to bed, and 
Yeah, Skyfall is fucking great, man. It's so there's good. It's a good one. There's nothing good, like no bad parts of that movie. I would love. Um, Javier yeah, you're Bardem. making Joseph think. I love the uh, Javier Bardem and the Mac, who, like the the the, the fight in the uh, the casino with the like the Komodo dragons. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool like, that's part. just that's cool when like he has a gun. Like the only like gadget he gets from Q is a gun with a palm print. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. The guy can't use it. I like that that movie incorporates a lot of classic. Bond things, but you know, in very cool modern yeah. twist. But I, my favorite part of it is like how stylized it is. Mm-hmm. Like that, those Hong Kong scenes are gorgeous, yes. right? Yep, where they're fighting on the glass and all the like the, yeah. the lights going through. But Javier Bardem, man, I don't know, do I like that? His role in that or uh, No Country more? It's No Country. It's he's good in both. It's no question. He's, it's No Country. He's really good in in Skyfall I know. too. Like it's an underrated role. He's really, really I like could, when he when he first shows up and he's talking about his grandmother's island with the rats and the mm-hmm. coconuts. Like that's a crazy scene. Yeah, I like it. I could nitpick that movie, but I also like it. <laughs> Ray Fiennes comes in and as, as M. M, he's like yeah. you know Bond's like a drunk fucking. He's addicted to pills. He's struggling a little bit, but you know I thought it was good. Spectra, Spectra totally undercuts that movie a little yeah, bit. For yeah, for sure. Okay. Oh, did we announce that? We did we talk about the fact that Danny Boyle's directing the the next Bond? I don't know if we ever confirmed it. We did talk but about could it, it because it is that. confirmed now. Yes. Yes. It's official. Yeah, which I'm, I'm excited so about. Pumped. Super down. It's Daniel Craig again. But yeah, probably going to be his last one. I think. Uh, that's probably okay. Yeah, yeah it's th- probably time to move on. I would. Yeah, I don't know what you do with it now because Spectre kind of like put a bow on the first four. You well, know what I mean? I w- so that was what, that wasn't what I was going to say. I would say the biggest problem with Skyfall. Is that it debunks the, the the great theory that 007 and James Bond are all code names, and so like each iteration has been like the next version, like the last James Bond died, and this guy is just the new James Bond, um, and they they debunk that because they yeah. they give him like an actual history and yep. a location or whatever, and uh, you know I feel like especially if you're bringing in a new director but a same actor, and then you're gonna switch it after that, it it just makes for such a nice transition for like a, this long standing franchise. That it who, kind of bothers me that they changed that, but who is it? Alfred Molina. Who Alfred Molina plays his uh, his butler guy, right? Who's who plays? Well, it's supposed to be Sean Connery. That's what I was going to say they really wanted. Yeah, oh! really wanted Sean Connery, which would have been perfect Look, for what you're talking. Alfred Molina, though. No, no it's not. It's some know. random guy that I'm not familiar yeah. with. Uh, I but wanna, that would have been cool. Another tie into. Old I for, I forgot to talk about this. We were talking about box office stuff because I was going to transition from Ready Player One, but you reminded me of as far as people that were slated to be important yeah. characters. So. Bring it way back. I know we're we're on Skyfall, but think about Ready Player One again. I found out that I guess for a long time, when when uh, Steven Spielberg was in pre production trying to make this movie for the role of James Halliday, he really wanted Gene Wilder, who hadn't made a movie in a long time. He would have been so. He good. would have been so good, and you can tell even by character design and and some some like you know uh, he looks he kind of looks like Willy Wonka. Yeah, some character. Well, I mean the the comparison between. James Halliday's challenge and, and the, the definitely some Willy Wonka. Wonka. That. Yeah, and, yeah, and I mean, there's there's a definitely inspiration there. Yeah. And so Steven Spielberg wanted to make a very direct connection. Um, been great. But, you know, he died, and he I mean, he refused before he died. But how cool would that have been, though? It'd been awesome. It's I mean, it's it's, so it's just a, it's just a cool fun fact about the movie. But it would have been even more cool if if that had, that had worked out. I did read they're making a prequel to Willy Wonka about how he made the factory. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't want another one. They're Wonka writing movie. that. Yeah, it's that's, way. That's like, it, it's in the. It's just now being written. It's like yeah. far, far out. But I, I did hear that. Somewhere. It's way better because it's so fantastical and like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hated the Johnny Depp one. It was. It's so bad. The Johnny Depp one is not good. It's not good. Well, it's been fun. It's been fun. All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get it right the fucking first time. I, I believe you. I, I don't. I don't believe myself. All the faith in the world. Thanks man. so much, guys. 
thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please uh, recommend it to a friend. I really think that's the best way for to get our podcast out there. We really appreciate you listening. If you have any questions, if you have more thoughts in the Marvel Universe, if there are things that we didn't cover or we don't understand about the Bifrost, please uh, email us at betterthantransformers at gmail.com. You can also reach us uh, on Twitter at BT Transformers and on Facebook at BT Transformers. Thank you to Zach Evans for our art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. And uh, I don't know what we're going to do next week. Oh, no, we're doing phase doing, two. Bro. We're doing phase two, bruh. Yeah. So, yeah. Avengers cool. all month. No, thanks Fa- for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Bye, y'all. Good deuces. <laughs>